So as people, we are divided about a lot of different things. For instance, some people like McDonald's better. Some people like Burger King better. Some people are Yankee fans. Some people are Mets fans, right? Some people are Giants fans and Jets fans, right? Some people like Ciro's and then some people like Branchinelli's, right? So all these different things that we like and we can be divided really easily on different categories. But one thing that I have seen that we are not divided on, that almost every person I know does this And when you post a photo on Instagram, we are all savages when it comes to being a group, right? This is what I have seen. The only person that we care about that looks good in a photo is us, right? Everyone else in the photo can look absolutely horrible. As long as we look good, that thing is getting posted, right? And you know what makes it even better? It's when people are in a relationship and their significant other, that person that they are really supposed to love and care about and put that person first, they can look like Swamp Thing. It doesn't matter. As long as they look good, that photo is getting posted. I do that all the time. I'm guilty of it. Jess can look horrible. If if your boy's looking good, that thing's going up there, right? It's got the good angles. But we all do it. So don't judge me. I've seen your Instagrams. I know you guys do something similar. But you know, it's something that we also are always divided on as people. It's in our relationship with God. See, I think some of us tonight have given God part of our hearts. See, for some of you, God has 50% of your heart. And the other 50% belongs to sin tonight. And you guys feel like you're doing really good because God has 50% of your heart. You know, you come to youth group on Friday night. You sing all the songs You may even raise your hand every once in a while. You sit in the prayer time for a couple of minutes and you go out in the snack shop and you're proud of yourself afterwards. Maybe if some of you guys are feeling really bold, you even open up your Bible during the week. Wow. And you're like, man, I'm killing this Christian thing. Who's a better Christian than me? And you think because God has 50% of your heart that you are owning this Christian life. Yet, people don't know about you is that other 50%. What happens on Monday through Thursday, the things that you're looking at, the things that you're doing in school, the things that you're talking about, the things that you're consuming are polluting your heart. And what if I told you tonight that if God doesn't have all of your heart, it's like he has none of it. And for some of you guys, that's going to be a rude awakening tonight because you just feel like you're doing so good in all this. You feel like you are winning the Christian life. But really, you couldn't be farther from God tonight. And we look at other people, right? When we're in this walk and we see how bad they're doing, we go, man, at least I'm not as bad as so-and-so. I'm doing so much better than that person. But that doesn't matter when you stand before God one day. You're not gonna be able to say, man, I am so much better than Johnny, right? God, Johnny was messing up in every single way. I didn't do any of the things that Johnny did. No, all that's gonna matter in that moment is you and your life. And so I believe what I have to talk about with you guys tonight is a real wake-up call. And my prayer is that you guys would truly take this seriously and not just go right over it. And you know, when we divide ourselves, what we're really doing is we're compromising. We're giving into things that we know are wrong. Deep down, Those of you guys that God only has part of your heart, you know what you're doing is wrong. But you have just gotten so used to compromising. We're in the part of the season or the year 
when everyone is thinking about getting fit, right? Everyone thinks that they're gonna get in shape for summer. Look, if you're just trying to get fit right now, it ain't gonna happen. It's too late for you. Like in June, too late. So that's me. Um, so right now I'm trying to like eat good, work out. And right after our softball game on Tuesday night, we went to Chick-fil-A, right? And I'm trying to be fit, but I'm also trying to fit some nuggets into my mouth, if you know what I'm saying, right? And so we go to Chick-fil-A, and I just really want some nuggets. And uh, I'm like, all right, I got to try and be good but, because I want to be fit, but I also love Chick-fil-A. And so I compromised with myself. Instead of getting what I normally get, I decided to eat a little bit healthier, right? I decided I was just going to get a number one six-piece chicken nuggets, and a normal drink. I wasn't going to get a milkshake. That was my compromise for the night. I thought by doing that, I was going to be a little bit healthier. Now, if I was really going to be healthy, I would have gotten like a salad, but I'm not trying to play myself either. Like, come on, I'm at Chick-fil-A. I got to do it right. So that was my, my compromise for that moment. And a lot of you guys are compromising in your life right now. And it starts with really small decisions that we make. For some of you guys, it's something so small and so insignificant. You're just going to start cursing, right? And as little kids, as Christians, we think cursing is like the worst thing that you could ever do. Like if you curse, you're definitely going to hell. But as you get older, you realize, man, that's not really as bad as some of the other sins. But for us as kids, we think that's really big. But you know what? So you start with that. You compromise in the way you talk. And it starts like that. And it grows into some different things in your heart and your life. See, it's, it's not about the words. Jesus said it's about the heart and the words that come out are a reflection of what's already inside of your heart. So that's why the words that you speak are so important. For some of you guys, you're just gonna look at a couple of bad things on Instagram. You know, it's just Instagram. I'm not on a a bad website. I just see a couple things coming by. Let me just look at it for a little bit longer. You know what? Let me search a couple of things. And that compromising starts leading to other things. And suddenly, you are really deep into lustful thoughts and looking at websites that you know you have no business looking at. It normally starts as a small compromise. It's, you know what, I'll go to that party, but you know what, I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to smoke, I'm not going to do anything bad. I'm just going to go there and see what it's like. I'm going to hang out with my friends. I'm just going to talk. Compromise. And then you're there and you compromise something else, guys. It always starts with little choices. Do you guys know how to boil a frog, right? That's a pretty normal thing to do, right? You don't just throw a frog into a boiling pan. If it did, it would jump right out. But what you do is you put that frog in the pan and you put it at a lukewarm temperature and the frog thinks it's okay. And then slowly over time, you turn up the temperature. And that's exactly what the enemy is doing to some of you guys. It seems real comfortable at first, And compromise by compromise, he is making it worse and worse. And for a lot of you guys, you are boiling and you know it and you're not even sure how you got to this point. And I want to help some of you guys wake up out of that thing that you are stuck in and struggling with so deeply tonight. See, the enemy is fighting so hard. Do you guys know that? Like, do you get that you have an enemy that hates you so much and hates God's plan for your life? And he will do anything to destroy it. And you know what his main goal is right now in your life? To make sin look as good as possible. To make it feel like you're missing out on something. Some of you guys know what that's like right now. 
you've been looking at some of your friends and things that they've been doing or things that you've seen on TV and you go, man, I, that just looks like so much fun. I feel like I'm missing out by following God. If you have bought that lie, the enemy has you exactly where he wants you tonight. And he would love for you not to listen to someone like me or your parents. And he tells you lies like they just wanna stop you from having fun. They don't know what's really good for you. What does that guy on stage know? How could the consequences really be as bad as he says? And when, it's you, when you guys are sitting in these seats, I get it. I get it. It seems like there won't be any consequences on the other end. But there always is a price to pay for sin. And you know what? It really comes down to faith. Can you trust what God says in his word? Can you trust the different things that you hear on this stage? Can God be trusted? Because he just wants to keep you from something, not from fun. He wants to keep you from pain. I want to read to you guys this quote. Every sin as a Christian I commit is forgiven in Jesus Christ. But no sin is ever right or good. And no sin ever produces anything right or good. The price for doing some things is terribly high, terribly unprofitable. Sin never brings profit. It always brings loss. And I want to save you guys from that regret in your life. See, here's what I believe 100% is that God is going to bring about a purpose and a plan in your life. The question is this, how much pain and how much regret do you want to go through along the way? Because sometimes God will allow pain into our lives to teach us a lesson, to get us back on track. And maybe that seems mean. Maybe that seems cruel to some of you guys, but it's not. It's the same thing that parents do. Sometimes they'll discipline their kids when they see them going down a wrong path. God will do the same thing. And he lets the consequences hit us sometimes. Now, it's it's different. God is not punishing you. He's disciplining you. If he was punishing you, then he would be throwing some different things, some things to really make you suffer in your way. Jesus already suffered all the punishment. The punishment is done. Now there's just discipline that leads to correction and right living. And so that's really up to you guys. It's how much regret and how much pain do you want to have in your life? Because that's exactly what you're going to experience if you don't cling to scripture and the things that you've heard so many times in your life. And so let me ask you this question. How have you been dividing yourself? What is that sin in your life? For some of you guys, it's been years, five, six, seven, eight years of struggling with the same thing over and over. And you're worried that you're never going to be free of it. But you know what's even worse than that? Some of you guys have made friends with that part of your life. You think it's totally okay, and you think it's totally acceptable. You need to deal with that part of your life tonight because it is only bringing in so much pain into your life. Some of you guys are pointing the finger at God tonight saying, God, why are you letting all of these things happen in my life? And God's going, I'm not doing those things. It's the sin that you are allowing in your life. So what is that thing that you're compromising on tonight? It's time for you to get serious about it and deal with it. And this is the part where everyone gets uncomfortable, where no one wants to look me in the eye. Everyone pretends like they don't have something going on in their life. See, 
here's the biggest problem with so many of us in this room tonight is we are so good at playing church. We have all the answers. We know all the scripture in our minds and in our hearts, but we are so good. We even have ourselves tricked tonight. We think to ourselves, all right, I'm gonna be different. But the second you walk out of this room, you know you're not. You're gonna forget every word that I said. You're not gonna let the Holy Spirit do the work that he's trying to do. You'll push him away because you are so good at going through the motions and you'll go to church on Sunday or you'll come back next Friday and you'll do the same exact thing. You'll keep playing the game. But tonight is a wake-up call for some of you that are playing the game. Because you can think you're fooling everyone. And maybe you're fooling me tonight. You're fooling your parents. But you are not fooling God tonight. He knows what's really going on in your heart and your life. And this is one of the nights where I'm going to come down a little bit harder on you. But it's because I care about you. And scripture sometimes says some things that are going to punch us in the face. And this is one of those moments, guys, where this is going to hit us hard tonight. But those of you guys that are just going through the motions, you hear messages every Friday night and every Sunday and all these different times. You don't do anything about it. You just keep going with the sinful parts in your life. There's consequences for that if you're really not living this the real way. And so this is what's at stake. And we've already talked about this a little bit. It's how much pain do you want in your life? Seriously, ask yourself that question tonight. Do you want to avoid things that you could avoid? All you have to do is trust God and believe his word. It will save you. And when you're young, you think you know everything. You think you got everything figured out, that no one else knows anything. But the people that God has placed in your life have already gone through things and lessons, and they're trying to help you. And you know what? I was that person. I needed to learn some things for myself. And you know what? Pain is a good teacher. When you go through something difficult, You'll remember what that's like. And some of you are going to have to learn the hard way. But my hope is for some of you that you would cling to the words of Jesus and you would save yourself a lot of pain and consequences in your life. And so tonight we're going to be in Revelation chapter 3. And this is what it says in verse 14. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of of God's creation. So let me explain to you guys what's happening right here. John is exiled to the island of Patmos. And while he is on this island, he has this vision from God. And God is telling him these different messages that he wants to speak to all these different churches that he was a part of and he knew. And what they all were, were warnings. They were all wake-up calls to things that were going on in the church. And most of the churches got something that they were doing wrong, but God also complimented them on something that they were doing right. The church that we are going to read about tonight in Laodicea, God gives no compliment. God is probably the hardest to this church right here. And I think this church in Laodicea looks a lot like the church in America. And the words that God speaks need to wake us up. They need to bother us a little bit tonight, guys, because we are so comfortable in our lives, in our day-to-day routines, that we're missing this. And so this is what he says to the church in Laodicea. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you would be either hot or cold. And so God's going, I see you, church in Laodicea. 
You're not hot. You're not on fire for me. You're not living this out the way you should be. But you know what else? You're not cold. I see how you're going to church. I see the things that you're professing to be, the things that you seem to tell everyone that is making a difference in your life. I see all your talk, all the play that you do with everyone else, all the motions that you go through. See, that this church, they probably still gathered. They probably still met. They probably sang the songs. They probably talked about the right things. But you know what? They still had a little bit of the world inside of them. And they had combined the two together, just like so many of us are doing today. I'm sure that there was a lot of compromise in this church, that they were giving in to wrong things, things that they knew were wrong. And here's the truth. I don't need to go through all the wrong things that you guys are living in right now. I don't need to talk about it because the second I said it, it popped right into your mind. You know that sin struggle. You know what you've been going through. And you know what? It's a good chance that these people were probably struggling with something really similar. And they had combined the two together. They weren't hot and they weren't cold. They have become this kind of in-between way. They divided themselves into these two things. And you know what? Jesus isn't applauding these people for being hot or cold. He's trying to get at something so much bigger. And then that's why it's so important that we look at this next verse. And this is what it says. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Have you guys ever had something lukewarm to drink before that you thought was either going to be hot or cold? It, it will really take you by surprise. You will want to spit it out of your mouth. When I was in college, I had a roommate who decided that he was going to take the whole entire day off, that he wasn't going to leave his bed at any point, that he was just going to watch Netflix up in his bunk. So I shared a bunk with him. I was on the bottom and he was on the top and he was just going to chill there the entire day. He wasn't going to move and he wasn't going to do anything. And earlier that day, I had a Snapple that I had drinking halfway through. And then I had went to class and I had left it there. And when I came back from class, I went to go take a sip out of my Snapple. I was so excited for it, right? I was so thirsty. I'd just gotten out of class. And I go back and I take a sip of it and it tastes warm. And I'm going, why would my Snapple taste warm? The reason it tastes warm is because my roommate who decided that he wasn't going to leave had peed in it instead of going to the bathroom. Now, it was one of the worst tastes that I have ever had in my entire life. I, I, I wanted to start throwing up after warned. But you know what? It was lukewarm. It was absolutely disgusting, right? You guys are repulsed right now. Here's what you need to get. That gross feeling that you get right now every emotion that you're feeling towards that right now, that's how Jesus feels about those of us in the room tonight that have divided ourselves between him and the world, between him and sin. How repulsed you felt when I said that is how Jesus feels towards those of us that are gonna live lukewarm lives. This is a scary image for some of us tonight. And it needs 
to wake us up. We can't be okay with just going through the motions anymore. Because Jesus was warning this church, and it's a warning to us tonight, that if we don't get things in our life right, and you know what, it's not by works. Please don't mishear what I'm saying. This, this isn't done by you working this out. It's by you making a choice that I'm not gonna give in to these things. And God, you need to make that difference in my life. I can't overcome sin on my own, but you in my life. And the answer to overcoming those parts of us, we're gonna look at that in just a minute, but it's not based on works. But it doesn't mean that you don't have to take it seriously tonight. Because some of you guys are heading towards this. Unless you change. And my heart is broken for those of you guys that just don't care tonight that are just so okay with your sin, please wake up because there are great consequences. And some people think that Jesus is applauding those who are cold, right? And that is so far from the truth. He's not saying, good job, you're cold because you're not, at least you're not lukewarm. That's not what he's saying. This is a warning. He's trying to get at a point right now. Cold people, they don't even get a chance to get spit out of his mouth. They don't even get near him kind of as a way to speak. But you know what? There's only one spot that we need to be in. And that is we need to be hot. We need to be on fire for God. He needs to be the greatest treasure and the greatest love in our lives. So let's look at this next verse, verse 17. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, Poor, blind, and naked. So their sin, the thing that they were going through is something that preachers, when they use these verses, they skip over this part. They end it right where I, um, a verse before this. Because no one wants to talk about this part. Because their sin is so different than maybe what some of our sins, the big sins that we talked about, like I said before. We always go right to the big ones. And those of us that are struggling with smaller sins, pride, right, jealousy, lying, we think those are small things. Those aren't big deals. But they are a big deal. And the sin that they were going through, ready? It was comfort. The sin that this church had found themselves in, that small thing that I guarantee led to bigger and bigger things as they compromised around the world, around the way was compromise and it was comfort. They were so rich. This church in Laodicea was wealthy. They were some of the richest people in this area. They had everything. And because of that, they decided that they didn't need God as desperately as some of the other churches. Guys, that is the church in America. We are so wealthy. You guys have so many things. And maybe you don't feel wealthy, but there are people all around the world today who don't have anything near what we have in America. And our riches blind us to how much we need God, our comfort, right? On a hot day, most of you guys have air conditioning in your house. There are people all around the world who don't have anything like that where the weather is so extreme in the places that they live in, it is so poor, they're not sure if they're gonna live through the different seasons. But we have so much in America. And you know what Jesus was saying to the church? You guys think you have it all. 
You think you need, everything that you need is right here on earth and you forgot how much that you need me. We have so many things that distract us too. So many toys that keep us far away from God. When you don't have a lot of things, guys, all these different things to distract you, it's very in front of you how much you need Jesus. But the church in America is very similar to the church in Laodicea. I wanna read to you guys this quote by Matthew Henry. It's a little long and it's a little heavy, but I think that you guys can work through it with me. This is what it says. Perhaps they were well provided for as to their bodies, and this made them overlook the necessity of their souls. Or they thought themselves were well furnished in their souls. They had learning and they took it for religion. They had gifts and they took it took them for grace. They had wit and they took it for true wisdom. They had ordinances and they took upon them instead the God of ordinances. How careful should we be not to put the cheat upon our own souls? Doubtless, there are many in hell that once thought themselves to be in the way of heaven. See, they were blinded by their riches and their comforts, guys. They knew God partially, And they went to church, but he didn't have their whole hearts. They'd given parts of their lives to other things. And because of that, they were really far from Jesus in the end. You know, some of you guys have been on missions trips before. And you see these people who have nothing, literally nothing, sleep on the ground. And their lives seem so sad, but they're so happy. I went to a church service on a missions trip and the people worshiped like nothing I had ever seen before. Yet they had nothing. A bus went by and picked up all the people one by one because they didn't have cars to get there. And yet when these people got to church, they praised with everything that they had because God was their greatest treasure, not the things of this world, not the riches of this life. And you know what? That's what was going on in the church. And you know what? Maybe you're saying, all right, is Jesus just saying the thing that makes you lukewarm is being comfortable and riches and wealth? No, 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 no. Whatever that thing is in your heart and your life, this is for you tonight too. You don't escape it because yours isn't the same as theirs. If you are giving part of your life to your sin and part to Jesus, you are lukewarm tonight too. And that is something that you need to deal with. I'll read to you guys this next verse. I cancel you to buy from me gold refined by the fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and to salve to anoint your, your eyes so that you may see. And what he's saying is that you need to be refined because obviously we can't buy anything from Jesus. We, we're not gonna be able to get these things, but you know what? We ask them from him and he will refine you in a fire, if you have become so comfortable in your life and you need that wake-up call. And maybe it will hurt. Maybe it might be a little bit difficult, but it is so much better than staying divided in your heart and your life, guys. Verse 19, those whom I love are reproof and discipline, so be zealous and repent. And, and I love this. This is the part that we love the most about Jesus is he comes down really hard on the church But then he goes, I discipline those who I love. Now repent and turn and change. This is not a final verdict for this church in Laodicea. And it is not a final verdict for you guys tonight. 
if you will repent and change and really be different. See, it's, it's not about just saying a prayer. It's about an actual change that you allow to happen in your heart, that you want things to be different, that you want to leave a different person tonight. And God will honor that prayer. And some of you guys are saying, Joey, I've repented so many times. I've tried this, but it always seems like I fall back into this sin. I don't want to be divided, but I feel like I'll never break free from it. The answer for you tonight is just to get closer to Jesus. It's to cling to Jesus, to spend more time with Jesus. That's it. And that sounds like a very Sunday school answer, but that is the only hope that you and I have is to cling to him. And maybe that sin won't be gone instantly. And maybe you'll you'll have to get an accountability partner. And maybe you have to talk it out and do some different things. But there will be change if you are truly broken in your heart over your sin. Because God promises it. And all of his promises are true. So stop making friends with your sin. Stop, guys. Draw that line in the sand tonight. Things have to be different in your life. Jesus is giving you an opportunity. His Holy Spirit is calling out to some of you guys tonight to change and to be different, to talk to someone, but some of you are scared. I can't talk to someone. I can't tell someone what's really going on in my life. They'll judge me. They'll think different of me. That is a lie from the enemy to keep you in the darkness, to keep you bound up in your sin. Talk to someone. Go to him first and foremost. And things will break and change in your life. Because like I said, the punishment was already paid for on the cross. It's already dealt with. Your sin is already beaten. Jesus has the victory. But will you call out and believe him by faith that he can do it? And so, you know how we just talked about the church's greatest issue was their comfort. And I think that is a big thing for us is our comfort. But you know what I think, especially for youth right now, you know what is our biggest issue? It's our laziness. We are so incredibly lazy. We make time for everything else in our life. We make time to play video games. We make time to play, to play um, different sports and do different things. We make time to watch TV, to go out with our friends, to do it all, Right? But you know what the one thing that we don't make time for is Jesus in our everyday life. And I think that is the greatest picture of being lukewarm. When we have this awesome thing that we could experience at any moment, but we're just too lazy to tap into it. We don't want to put the work in that goes alongside with it. And you you know what the excuse that I love the best is? Because this is just laziness in disguise is that I'm too busy. Oh, I I love when people tell me that. I'm I'm just too busy. I have too much going on. No, you are not too busy. It's just not a priority to you. If it was a priority to you, then you would make time for it. But you put God so far on the back burner that you think you're too busy. And it's just your laziness because you've given your heart to so many other things because you've divided yourself into so many pieces. It's laziness. And you need to break that tonight. Otherwise, and I'm just speaking description. I know it sounds harsh, but
but God's gonna not want anything to do with you at that moment. And that seems so, Joey, you're a pastor. How could you say that? I'm just speaking scripture unless you turn and repent from those ways, guys. That's what it is. And sometimes in church, we just like to talk about the, the good grace, but this is a real picture tonight. And if you do turn from it, you do take it seriously and you stop playing all the games, then there's forgiveness and repentance and there's healing for whatever you are going through. My prayer is that a lot of you guys would truly take this seriously tonight. And so here's the bottom line. When you, desi- when you divide yourself between God and sin, you become lukewarm. When you divide yourself between God and sin, you become lukewarm. It's time for a lot of us to get back on fire. And it's gonna start by you getting real and having conversation with God tonight. Let me pray for you guys. God, I thank you so much for everyone in this room. And I am so grateful that you are full of goodness. That you are full of grace and mercy, God. And and this is a tough message tonight. I, I get it. But I pray that there would be true repentance that is broken out of this place tonight, God. That we would stop hiding behind our comfort. That we would stop hiding behind our sin. And we would get real with you tonight, Jesus. That we would lay it all on the table. Those things that we have hidden so deeply that no one knows about. And we think that we're hiding it from everyone. But you see it so plainly tonight, God. And I pray that we would stop. And that we would run to your cross tonight. And we would know that sin has no power over us anymore that we don't have to be in the cycle anymore because you've broken the cycle. It's just when we choose to stay in it. And I pray, God, that there would be many choices tonight to break free from these things, whether it's something really big or something really small, that all sin is the same in your eyes. And it all separates us from you and puts a block between us. And I pray tonight, God, that there would be some divides that are taken away tonight. People who feel like that they can't hear you, but you've been calling out to them all along. You've been calling them home, but they've been so blinded by their sin that they feel like you don't care about them, which couldn't be farther from the truth. I pray, Jesus, that you would break that down, that you would break the strongholds and every lie the enemy, even the ones that he's speaking right now, that your life is going to be the same, that you're going to leave exactly the same, that you would break that, Jesus, that you wouldn't let us be people who give in to those things, that we fight back by the power that you have given us. And so I just speak healing, I speak life and redemption, that hearts would repent and find healing. In your name we pray.